From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Well, good evening. Once again, this is not Richard Serrett. As uh, the intro did talk about, my name is Victor Vigiani, sitting in for Richard, who is, as they say, on assignment. Quite often, the, uh, the world that we're presented with, and it's, uh, I guess, mundane daily affairs, and even psychic forces appear to be forcing us, I guess, to be attentive to something that we may not really recognize, and that is probably that we're not operating in a system that we fully realize and consciously understand. As a matter of fact, um, just about everything, at least I'm beginning to understand, uh, is just, it's not the way it really is, and this whole idea of a matrix that we might be living someplace beyond, or at least there is something else beyond where we are, comes into play a lot. Be, be it politics or medicine, religion or philosophy, more information is coming to light that the world that we see and what lies beyond is really nothing like it really should be or expect. Um, I guess some of those people who are listening this evening, uh, I guess you're reluctant to take to take those matters on, to really kind of challenge yourself, to um, to kind of push forward, and that, that's quite all right. You know, we can all reside in the places that we're comfortable, but others invite a different journey. And for those of you who are listening tonight that want to take a different journey, we will be investigating the perilous, the precarious, the risky, and just maybe realizing that everything we know. Is, is wrong, or at least badly incorrect. It's a chancy journey, and we welcome you along for that ride. Join us, will you? My name is Victor Vigiani, and you are listening to The Conspiracy Show. This evening, uh, our, our guest is Dr. Allison Adams. Dr. Allison is a qualified dentist in London. She qualified as a dentist in London in 1983, and after working for a number of years, later obtained a master's degree in restorative dentistry from the University of Michigan in 1992. She worked as a dentist for 20 years in total and latterly running her own private dental practice in central London. Personally, she had poor health all of her life, and she was medicated from early childhood and has 21 surgeries uh, to date, uh, as scars, on, I guess, on her gun handle. Uh, a health crisis a decade ago brought about a mercury spill in her office, forced her to quit dentistry and to seek answers to her own mounting health problems. Informal study into, national medicine, into natural medicine turned into formal courses of study at um, different ideas of kinesiology and allergy therapy. She's now largely recovered from what she has known as a, an occupational poisoning of mercury and um, has written about chronic fatigue syndrome. We want to welcome to The Conspiracy Show, Dr. Allison Adams. Welcome to the program. Oh, hello, Victor. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, great of you to join us. So It, it, it sounds like you've, you've been through a lot, my friend. My goodness. 
I have. I think it's undeniable <laughs> at this point in my life that my health has been the overarching factor in, in my life, sadly. How, how do you rebound for something like that? I mean, I, 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 get, I get the flu and I feel like just sort of totally giving up. And it, it, you've been through so much and you've managed to, uh, uh, to recover, I guess, in mind and body and spirit and, and, and do some things that are pretty provocative. Well, um, I mean, I think what you mentioned that I'd written a book about chronic fatigue. Um, I don't believe in the flu, <laughs> as we would understand it. I think a flu and a cold is a detox. Um, and actually, chronic fatigue is just massive toxicity, and you feel like you've got the flu all the time, because um, a lot of people just don't get chronic fatigue. They think it's you know, psychosomatic and all this sort of thing. So, so when I'm sick, I'm getting better? Yes. Indeed, and in fact, that's the body's process for cleansing your body. So you should, um, that's the one thing I would want listeners to take away from this is don't suppress symptoms. Your body is far, far smarter, um, you know, than, than we can possibly imagine. Um, you were saying in the, in the intro uh, that uh, we've all been misled about lots of things and, and this has been my journey of trying to you know uncover things and realizing that a lot of what we receive wisdom is actually backwards um, and uh, yes but once you actually of course I was taught the allopathic system going mm -hmm. through medical school and all the rest of it but the naturopathic system once you you know that that makes it just makes complete sense and you know that that is the truth and the allopathic system is basically a lie Let's spend a minute on that in terms of what we've been told. Um, a lot of the, the, the kinds of things that we talk about on this program, uh, we use the word conspiracy, and it, it's a strong word. It's a very, very strong word. However, it applies to so much of what we've been naturally led uh, led to believe as, as children and young adults and we become sort of totally ingrained to these ideas and we have a real great difficulty in changing our, our mindset uh, to, to accept another paradigm of, uh, of reality. Uh, why do you think uh, the medical profession and I guess perhaps other, other professions, other related professions have been so stridently um, avoiding the ideas of, of, um, of what you've just been mentioning in terms of, of, uh, of alternate forms of medicine or alternate forms of healing or alternate forms of health that bring you to um, the, the same place uh, or the place that you deserve to be in in terms of your own health? Yes, I, I mean, I, I did actually approach the show because I have listened for a long time to the conspiracy show, um, but in my research, I've actually come to really understand over oh, 12 years or something of digging into this matter that this is a conspiracy. You can't come away with anything but that conclusion really when you look into the history of things and you know quite how these things work I don't know but you know again and again there have mm -hmm. been committees and you know they've decided in favor of the status quo or you know books or research that have been written or done or whatever have been hushed up or never taught about I mean mm -hmm. most of the stuff I know now I had no exposure to during my training seven years at you know supposedly two of the best dental schools in the world um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it starts young, and, and you know the, the Jesuit saying that, you know, give me a, a child until he's seven and I'll, I'll show you the man. I mean, most people don't fundamentally change their concepts about anything, it is said, you know, past mm -hmm. the age of seven. It's very confronting, and it was very confronting for me, and the only reason I was willing to do it was because I absolutely knew I'd exhausted what allopathic medicine had to offer me and that I was going to die <laughs> if I didn't find a solution. So, you know, that made me open. But 
you know, I will willingly admit I bristled at a lot of the ideas that I now am espousing, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Of course. Um, because of my training, because of what we've been taught. And, you know, I, I think if you talk to most doctors or dentists, they will tell you that at their school they were taught this is all you need to know. Don't look outside of this paradigm. Mm -hmm. You know, everything else is quackery. They love that word. Um, you know, and they don't know. They don't. They simply don't know some of this information, mm -hmm. and they don't know that what they perceive as incurable diseases can be cured because they're not seeing it within their, you know, in their frame of yeah. reference. It's it's almost like if there's anything the training that I received. Uh, I, I was a teacher by profession and as a. You know, after that, an elementary school principal. I went through uh, two years of, of, of training as an educator, as a teacher, and after that, um, once I got into the educational community, I realized that I was carrying around like a, a huge stone tablet on my back with it. Everything sort of uh, written in stone. And it was about two years into that profession that I realized that I, realized that I had to unshackle myself from that tablet that was hanging around my neck for at least four years into my profession. And once I, I relieved myself of that tablet, of all that stuff that was written in stone, I felt the sense of freedom to explore things and, and go at it from a totally different perspective. Was that sort of your, your ideas to how you sort of moved into this alternative way of looking at medicine? Um, yes, I, on that subject, uh, do you know of John Taylor Gatto? Have you heard of him? I have heard it. Yes, I have. Yes, I mean, as a matter of fact. He's, a, he's an interesting mm. man, but mm. he too was in education and completely rethought uh, you know, right. everything he, he'd been he mm. taught, and he's quite a, an entertaining person to listen to. Um, well, I just think everything we're exposed to you know, is fairly carefully controlled, and, and the I'm actually just doing an article, which I'll publish in the next couple of days, but about the harassing of natural medi medical and dental practitioners because, you know, they get given a really hard time and many of them flee, the, the certainly uh, North America. Um, you know, they have armed raids on their offices all the time and, you know, they're dragged <laughs> through disciplinary proceedings and that sort of thing. So the, the, the message is that, you know, you don't need to raid a natural practitioner's place with armed guards, you know, a SWAT team of seven, 25 people. It's My ridiculous. <laughs> it's done to scare the living yeah. daylights out of people and to of discourage course. everybody else from stepping, you know, stepping outside of a, beyond the line mm -hmm. that's, that's been laid down. And, of course, all of this is strictly enforced by all the, um, you know, the general dental council in the uk or the american dental association or whatever um you know so there is a standard of care and you have to stick to that as i imagine the same with teaching you know this of course is yeah. it's done um and that that also doesn't allow for any innovation the innovation is then supposed to come out of the dental schools but you know the people least likely to innovate are the people who have sucked it all up <laughs> You know, regurgitated it and, and proceeded and, and been promoted by the system. Right. You know, they're never going to see outside of, uh, of the, the box. They're really not. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, for, while we're listening, I just want to point out to the audience that uh, your, your, um, your website, uh, I'll, I'll mention it here for you, www.mouthbodydoctor.com. So if you're um, uh, near a computer and you want to follow along with us, uh, some of the ideas that... Uh, that the doctor is talking about you. We more than uh, invite you to to um, to tag along with us. Um, before we you know, launch into some of the more specifics of, of the kinds of things that uh, that we posted on on Richard's website in terms of, of uh, you know mercury etc. I just I just want to uh, you know mention to you something that, that I think uh, is relevant to all of this. 
those of us who have been involved um, with uh, the, the dental profession in the past, it has been something of a, a scary notion. And uh, when I was very, very young, my dad brought me to a dentist. Uh, uh, his name was Dr. White. He's, he's long gone. But I, I, I began to fear that, that whole concept of going to some place where someone put metal things in your mouth and then did things to you. We're going to break here for a second, but I want you to think about that during the break, um, Doctor, because th- there are people out there who are in abject fear. Of, of, of dentistry, of, of dentists. And I want to address that issue before we move along because it is something of almost a, a, a passionate feeling among a lot of the people that are listening right now. So um, after the break, we'll get more into that. Uh, we're listening to The Conspiracy Show, and my name is Victor Vigiani. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740. This evening we're talking to a a very interesting individual who has, uh, I guess, had some uh, very different kinds of insights into the dentistry profession. And, Doctor, um, we were talking about the, um, Dr. Allison, we were talking about the idea just before the break, uh, and I raised the issue of the, 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 the fear aspect of, of, that a lot of people uh, psychologically go through um, in terms of getting to the dentist, to, to the detriment of their own health. Um, it, what's this all about? Does it have to do with pain? Does it have to do with some psychological notion? What's that all about? Because I went through a lot of that myself personally. Mm, I think it's totally legitimate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I wasn't wrong. <laughs> no, I mean... I think there's there's nothing normal about being taken to an office and having somebody in a white coat, you know, stick needles in you, uh, drill your teeth, etc., etc. None of this has happened. You know, if if people are in their native environment eating their native foods, gazelles don't need dentists, you know, chimps don't need dentists unless they're, you know, caged and being given the wrong foods. And it's the same with humans. We we shouldn't need any of this. And there was work done by a, a dentist researcher nearly um, 100 years ago called Weston Price and he went round <clears throat> all the far-flung places of the world where they'd never seen a white man before and he actually catalogued their health while they were eating their native diet and then he was on site when the Western foods, all the processed foods and the sugar and you know all the rest of it started arriving right. and their health just fell apart in a matter of just a few years. Um, and the health of their children as well, if, if the mothers were pregnant while they were eating that food. And it was only then that they started getting tooth decay and gum disease. So, you know, throughout our hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, we haven't needed dentists and we haven't had dental disease. It's a very modern thing. And you were talking before about, um, you know, manipulation and conspiracies and things, but I think our perception of what is normal is how, you know, that's the prevailing way the system works. Um, you know, if you're eating your, your diet, you really shouldn't be getting disease. You shouldn't be needing checkups every six months and cleanings and all the rest of it. You should maintain your mouth in health. It should grow to accommodate all of your teeth, not needing braces, not needing your wisdom teeth out. We're all malformed now. You know, we're actually really quite sick. <laughs> you know, not a pretty scenario, no. It's normal. Say again? Not, not, a, not a pretty scenario. It's not, and you know, it's, it's really quite distressing when you realise the, the, the magnitude of it. Mm. Yeah, you you, um, you talked about the, the work of, of Dr. Price and discovering that, um, you know, literally generations uh, virtually free, uh, virtually free of that, that kind of uh, dental dental uh, pr- 
problems, even health problems too. But then the, when Western, um, I guess, food, the food chain in the Western society changed to the way it is, we all become a, almost a different species in that respect. Now that that moves us into this whole idea of of the of, of mercury in 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 our mouths, and and even just you know it's it's in other parts of the environment also too. But you you alluded to the idea in some of your work this whole idea of mercury. Not only is it deleterious as as a as a as a as an element, but in in compounding um, the whole problem, the 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 amalgam that's that's also uh, placed in some people's mouths. These things have an electrical charge to them, and in some way you you uh, you say this affects the entire body, not just the presence of the mercury. The, the electrical charge or the negative charge that it has. Talk to us about that for me because I'm fascinated by that, that, that idea. Yes, I mean, uh, metals in the body are a really bad idea, in my, in my opinion. You know, metals in the mouth are, are a bad idea. Um, amalgam's bad on all sorts of fronts. Um, what, it, what it is, is it's a combination of about half liquid mercury and half powdered metals, copper, silver, tin, um, and it's mixed together. It actually never sets properly to become a solid. It's not a proper amalgam that has to be, you know, heat treated. Mm -hmm. Um, So what you get is a very thick oatmeal porridge sort of thing with all these granules of the the, the powdered metals and then the surface reacts. But you've basically got a kind of thick sludgy mercury base. And um, what happens when you put dissimilar metals together is that they react electrogalvanically and produce um, a current. So first of all, the filling just taken in isolation uh, produces uh, a current and that actually causes the mercury to vaporize because mercury is the only metal that is liquid at room temperature and and can vaporize at room temperature as well. And then that's inhaled, um, you know, into the lungs and then distributed around the body and it's also swallowed. And then you also get corrosion products and they're swallowed. Um, But... Yes, you've got energy meridians. This is the true nature of the body is energetic. Mm -hmm. You've got energy meridians running through the body and all of the energy meridians run through the teeth. And if you've got, A, just a lump of metal sitting on a meridian, it's probably at least partially or or maybe totally blocking the energy flows in in that meridian. But if you've got uh, an amalgam filling in the the wider context of a mouth, so you've got saliva, which is an electrolyte. Uh, you've got gold crowns in there. You've got cobalt chromium dentures. You've got, you know, all sorts of, we use 17 different metals in the mouth. You've then got really complex uh, electrogalvanic currents being discharged between, uh, you know, your gold crown and your amalgam filling and your post and all the rest of it. And so you're actually electrostimulating the meridians, but just kind of chaotically, like a mad electro-acupuncturist, you know. Um, so that's, uh, that's a couple of uh, the, the reasons that uh, metals are really bad and mm-hmm. mercury is, is particularly terrible. So for those people who have bridge work in that are foundationally, uh, I guess, the, the, uh, the new enamel or whatever, the, the new tooth structure is, is based on some sort of uh, metal bridge work. Uh, what is that metal made out of? Yes, a lot of people think that their crowns, particularly on back teeth, are um, all ceramic, but the chances are, unless they've particularly requested that or the dentist has particularly made a point to them that that was all ceramic, the chances are that they're not. Their chances are that it's um, porcelain bonded onto um, um, a metal base um, for strength. Mm-hmm. Um, they, that's a bit of a movable feast, what they're made of, um, but they certainly 
often contain nickel, which is a, a carcinogen, and 10% of women are um, allergic to nickel. They contain all, all kinds of things, some precious metals, there'll be some platinum and some gold and silver, but they, you know, obviously that's expensive, so they try to reduce the, the quantities of that. But it, it has to work you know, mechanically so that it retains the, the porcelain, but that there are, there's all sorts of different formulas there. But mm -hmm. um, I must say, when I first kind of got into all of this, I had my amalgam fillings removed by a biological dentist, <clears throat> and I actually got through that without too much trouble. But when I actually then cottoned on to the whole metal thing and went back and had my metal crowns removed and had them replace the ceramics I had, you know, I felt terrible. And um, blood tests just last year show that I'm allergic to 13 different metals, all of them, well, either in my own mouth or, you know, I was occupationally exposed to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's actually quite common. And it's particularly common in, in women, probably because we wear jewellery and now, you said you had some of these things removed, and I know uh, quite, a, quite a few people that I know have had them removed. Um, I, I know someone who was, was uh, talking to me, and I, I was indicating to them that uh, I'd be talking to you on the show this evening, and uh, um, her dentist indicated to me that um, if, if those things, are, if, the, if the mercury is removed in the way they whatever way they remove it, it's, it somehow affects the structure of the tooth and makes the tooth less uh, viable. Um, not, not only in that, it, the, the vapors are, are also exposed um, uh, you know, to the body. Um, should someone have them removed? You said you'd, you had them removed. At, at what degree of risk is there if you do go and get your mercury fillings removed? Well, there is a risk, and you do need to be informed, and actually that's the topic of, of my book, The Natural Recovery Plan. It d addresses the whole issue of toxic metals in dentistry and their safe removal and detoxing your body of the accumulated metals. Um, so if you want you know, chapter and verse on that, refer to that. Um, it's very important that the fillings be removed safely by a biological dentist. There is, even with the best one in the world and even with the dentist trying to protect you, when the dentist drills on the filling, there is a massive release of mercury vapor that is uh, the patient is exposed to, and so it's the mm -hmm. dentist and, and their staff. Now, so run, yeah, run, run by me again what you mean by a biological dentist. Just run that bias again. Right. This is a, a, a kind of term that's gaining currency. Um, there's a whole spectrum. Uh, some dentists get that mercury, you know, inserting mercury in your teeth isn't a good idea and that they're, they're mercury-free or mercury-safe and or mercury-safe dentists, and they do that. At the other end of the scale, you've got dentists who maybe have trained as naturopaths and, you know, uh, homeopaths and things like that as well, and they actually really look at the effect that dental work is having on the health of the body, and they often end up treating quite seriously sick people, you know, they get people with cancer and multiple sclerosis and all that sort of thing wanting what is called total dental revision, which is getting all of the dental tissues sorted out, so getting all the metals out, removing all the root canal filled teeth, um, uh, things like that, and possibly even implants if there's an issue around that, um, and dealing with what are called cavitations, which are um, old extraction sites that never healed properly. So it is, it is really important that you'd go and see a biological dentist. There's an organization called the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, IAOMT, I think it's .org, um, and they have a listing of appropriately trained um, dentists mm -hmm. um, in Canada, I think, as well. Um, but don't stint on this because uh, 
you know, I've seen so many people, I advise them, they say, oh, I can't afford it, they've gone somewhere else, and, mm. you know, they'll be sick for months, but, you know, maybe not even recover, and, uh, you know, maybe even worse than that. So it is really important that that is done safely, and that's not something that um, the organization, you know, the American Dental Association, they're not going to concede this, probably, unless they're absolutely forced, as with smoking, you know, it took them 40 years. Of course, that it was an issue or asbestosis or whatever. Of course. So, um, you know, I'm absolutely convinced they know, but, um, you know, it's just such a hot potato. They can't can't touch it, really. And they, they've taken such a strong, strong stand over the decades that they can't, you know, say anything without losing face. Mm-hmm. Um, How challenged are you by the... By the uh dentistry profession uh, and either either collectively or individually about your views on that on this whole idea and your website and uh, did you receive uh, much critique about the work that you do and the, and the, and the way you're challenging uh, the presuppositions that you were taught initially well uh, you know the knee-jerk response is oh there's no evidence and you know the people saying that may have been taught that and they may actually believe that but they're wrong <laughs> you know i've spent 12, 14 years reading research papers and I just, you can't read all of that research and of course my personal experiences of being mercury poisoned and recovering. You can't, you know, you, I can't, you can't go back uh, to, to believing anything else and, and once you can actually see it, once you, because we've been using this stuff for 200 years, it was introduced without testing and also um, there's quite a lot of mercury or certainly has been historically in vaccinations. Um, so, you know, the thing is, it's, uh, asbestosis is terrible, but it dies with the person. The thing about mercury poisoning is it gets passed on from generation to generation by the mother in the womb and in the breast milk, and, and it's believed that mm-hmm. between a third and two-thirds of the mother's um, toxin burden gets passed on to the offspring. So, you know, we are now looking at, you know, we're generations into this mercury poisoning of humanity, really, and, you know, once you actually know what you're looking at, um, it gets locked into the central nervous system. I would say that, you know, autism, Alzheimer's, multiple mm-hmm. sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's, all of those sort of disorders, Parkinson's, if not exclusively mercury, there's a very large element of mercury poisoning um, involved there. Um, and indeed, both my parents have gone, I think, with mercury poisoning. They've both ended up with Alzheimer's and dementia for a prolonged period, and my father went deaf and blind and what have you as well. So I'm keen to avoid the same fate. Of course, yeah, you've, you're very motivated in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your, uh, your website, it's called, you know, Mouth Body Doctor. Uh, you, you mentioned it in one of the segments of your, of your, um, of your website, as, as the mouth being considered by most people in the medical practice, the mouth is a, is a separate entity from the rest of the body. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard a lot of other kind of talk that, uh, you know, from some naturopaths that they can, you know, look, look at your nails and dis, discover what the, what kind of uh, problems you may have health-wise. People will look at your eyes or even your skin tone. Uh, how does the mouth in itself, it's a very complex uh, part of your body, how does that uh, tell a practitioner what your body type is? Right. Um, well, this whole system has worked by division and separation, I think, the, you know, the current paradigm. So dentists, you know, ex- deal exclusively with the mouth. They're not allowed to deal with anything below the mm-hmm. neck. You know, doctors don't get taught practically anything about the mouth. So if there's any oral problems, they kind of, you know, give antibiotics or something or refer them on. They refer them on, yeah. So, so there's no, you know, there's no cross-fertilization of ideas between those disciplines 
um, for a start. And then, you know, of course, you get different specialities within medicine and dentistry, so it gets even crazier. So you've got endodontists, orthodontists, and all this sort of thing. So none of them are seeing um, the big picture. Yes, fingernails, you know, do reflect the health of your body because they, they are, um, you know, constantly being reformed and also because they are not a, a, an essential part of your body, um, I think the body allocates resources elsewhere. Um, so you can tell, yes, definitely from somebody's fingernails what kind of, you know, if you've got good, strong fingernails, chances are you're in good, you know, in pretty good, mm-hmm. robust health. The mouth, um, the mouth is important. Uh, people who know about these things and who are able to detect the, the mm-hmm. connections say that 90% of disease actually either originates in or is made worse by the status of the mouth. Yeah, Doctor, we're going to have to hold you there just for okay, a second. We're going to have to sure. take a very brief break. Um, fascinating conversation uh, about uh, the health of your mouth. <laughs> um, in any case, you're listening to, this, uh, to The Conspiracy Show, and my name is Victor Vigiani. Stay right where you are. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are back to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Victor Vigiani. I want to just bring you up to date on a few things that Richard Serrett, our regular host, is up to. Um, one of the really interesting things that Richard has been doing uh, is television. He's getting into that medium more and more. And uh, what what he's done lately is um, his, his new show, The Conspiracy Show on television, will be debuting across Canada on Vision TV on August the 11th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. There'll be 13 brand new episodes. I think that's exactly what Rich is doing over this, uh, the next couple of days is doing some of this work. And these episodes will include the fake Arab Spring, Stanley Mayer's water engine, the Shroud of Turin, and is the cure for cancer being suppressed? So uh, keep an eye out for that kind of thing happening on, on Vision TV beginning August the 11th uh, at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Also, if you want to become a member of Richard.com, it's quick and easy and it's free. Just click on the blue membership area log on his website, uh, richardserrett.com, and fill in the, uh, the required fields and wait for your confirmation by email. If by chance you don't receive it, check your spam folder by um, just clicking on your spam folder and perhaps it's hiding there under a different name. And once you're a member, you can gain access to member-only areas of the web website like past show archives etc and you'll receive the dead drop newsletter i was going to say drop dead but it's not that it's the dead drop newsletter the official newsletter of the conspiracy show now um before we also go on i'd like to mention one of the things happening here um just north of toronto uh, coming up at the end of august august 28th to 31st it's called the extraterrestrial intelligence and consciousness cosmic connection it's a retreat just north of toronto and if you want to find out more about this retreat you can go to uh, ufocontact.com forward slash retreat and you'll be uh, looking at all kinds of information about how to sign up for that retreat the guest speakers will be daniel p sheehan canadian grant cameron uh, Stephen G. Bassett, and just maybe myself, uh, I might show up there too to contribute to that evening. That's the extraterrestrial intelligence and the consciousness connection uh, later on in August. Uh, this evening, 
We are speaking with uh, uh, the mouth and body doctor. I guess we're going to have to call it that for now because it's a great way of describing uh, what our what our, our guest is all about, Dr. Allison Adams, a qualified uh, dentist who has been sort of, um, I guess, turned around in her profession by a number of, of personal experiences and investigation. Uh, before the break, doctor, you were talking about uh, how the mouth uh, has been considered a separate part of the, of the body by practitioners. And I guess the way that's happened is because, I guess, everything in our life and particularly medicine, become so compartmentalized versus holistic. Um, how far along the whole continuum are we as a, as a generation in understanding that, that medicine is much more holistic instead of the compartmentalized um, discipline that, that uh, we've been brought up to believe? Well, this has to come, but it's still a challenge because you've been in, inducted into the other system. And, you know, still sometimes I find myself, you know, going back into the old way of thinking and then thinking, oh, no, you know. But, uh, yeah, the, the thing is that we have to join the dots. Um, you were just talking in the break there about cancer, and uh, 97 to 98% of, of people in studies uh, who've got cancer have had root canal fillings. Um, and a study by Thomas Rao at the Paracelsus Clinic in Switzerland found that, um, you know, the majority of those for women who had breast cancer, for instance, were on the, the meridian associated with the breast. So a lot of the diseases we're thinking of as incurable at the moment, we're thinking of as incurable because we haven't removed the cause or one of the, you know, perpetuating mm-hmm. factors. Um, the fact is the teeth are, or organs, and we were talking about fingernails, and the teeth are, are like fingernails. They're actually like bone in that they're constantly remodeled and rebuilt, and, and uh, you know, it's a dynamic thing, and, and dentists don't think like that. You know, we're always carving up teeth. We don't think of them as being uh, living things, um, but they are. And, and, in fact, they have a, a system of a fluid flows that come out of the tooth, which are actually supposed to provide a protective shield for the tooth. Um, that are controlled by your diet and what have you. And, and when we this kind of devitalized diet in the West, that the fluid flows reverse, and that's when all the problems start with gum disease and, and tooth decay. So it, it's a kind of a two-way thing. Gum disease, if gum disease gets a, you know, a toehold, then the bacteria there can spread throughout the rest of the body. They can go to the heart and you know, the joints and that sort of thing. Um, it can affect the meridians. If there is actually... For instance, an organic problem with, um, say, the gallbladder or something, mm-hmm. that may manifest, manifest as decay or a gum disease around, in that particular case, the canine or the cuspid tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, you've got to look at the whole picture, um, and this is what biological dentists do. Okay. Mm. So how long would you figure it'll take uh, sort of traditional dentistry, you know, <laughs> dentistry 101 to move on from, um, from their traditional, uh, I guess, straitjacket into, the, into this? Uh, you said it's going to take time. What, what's, yeah. pro- what's propelling uh, people in the dentistry uh, profession to, to move along the continuum to, to look at the more holistic idea? That there's nothing. Really? My goodness. Really? Well, that's, that, we're in bad shape. Well, <laughs> we're in yeah, bad shape, I mean, Alison. You know, some of this, I mean, the, when Amalgam was introduced, they, there was a huge big row about it, and uh, there was, uh, you know, anyway, there, there was what was called the first Amalgam War in, in the States. And this is, you know, we're talking about 160, 70 years ago, and, you know, the debate still rumbles on. There's, there's been a couple of real attempts to... to you know, expose the, the problem, but mm. it just always seems to go to ground. It meets a load of denials, official denials, yeah. goes to ground again. And then, you know, issues like cavitations, which are these improperly healed um, 
uh, extraction sites, they were first described by the father of modern dentistry again, you know, easily over 100 years ago. And still there's no acknowledgement of that. The research work into the problems that root canal fillings pose, that was all done 80 years ago, Mm -hmm. 90 years ago by Weston Price and his research team. And again, that's all kind of, you know, been covered up. And, you know, so... I think when it comes, it's going to come suddenly, a bit like the fall of the Berlin Wall or course, something like yeah. that. You know, nobody, it, it's got <laughs> to happen. Yeah. Um, Good to have to take another break here, Anya, and uh, great talking to you. And we'll continue our conversation on The Conspiracy Show right after the break. My name is Victor Vigiani. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Allison Adams about your mouth and what's in it and what it might lead to if you don't take care of it properly. And it sounds like from uh, how we're going, uh, it's, uh, I would say, 98% of the population that's listening to this program right now, if not resident in North America, are suffering from some kind of effects of this, or potentially they might be. Um, a while back I had a, a guest on, uh, Dr. Magda Havas, talking about electromagnetic poisoning uh, coming from uh, you know the Internet uh, routers and, and different types of, uh, of, uh, of computers and so on. So we're just surrounded by that, and the smart meters that are on the, the sides of our houses here in North America. And also, too, you, you know, things like aluminum and deodorant. Um, I, I, I have a really uh, big pro- growing problem with all of that in that um, I, I'm sort of of the opinion that as human beings, we are engaged in a whole series of extinction behaviors that eventually are going to rub us out from the face of the planet. And that's not a pretty scenario. But we seem to be ignoring some of the, the, the more specific things that we need to do so to, uh, to release ourselves from this kind of stuff. Is this a political thing? I mean, looking at it in, a very, in, in, the, in the wider context, Allison, um, is is there some sort of, as, as you know, we mentioned earlier, some sort of conspiracy that we are just built in to ignore this stuff and we're just sort of destined to become extinct? Or is there a way out of this? It's a, it's a tough question, but I'd like you to take a stab at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, one of the things that bothered Western Price was that 22 civilizations had risen and fallen in the last 6,000 years. And he felt that, you know, unless we sorted out, <laughs> looked at why and right. what had happened, we, we were destined to repeat the, the pattern. And, you know, I very much, I'm on board with you there. You know, I think we are heading towards, uh, over the precipice unless mm-hmm. we do something. And, of course, all, all the time being met with denials. And it's all about money at the end of the day. You know, that the reason that you don't know about the dangers of Wi-Fi is because it's a huge, it's now the leading um, earner in, in the world, isn't it? Oh, sure. you, know, and these, they, you know, the other thing is that these subjects tie in with one another i've actually got another website the naturalrecoveryplan.com and i've got quite a lot of information there about the dental stuff as well but also um wi-fi and all, all the kind of bigger dangers as well um of course the metals in your mouth act as antennae for um electromagnetic yeah. radiation she, she, yeah she was saying that yeah yeah and also as i say the mercury actually gets distributed around your body and every molecule of mercury will act as an antenna as well within your body. So you are an antenna anyway because you're just, you know, a hairy bag of salty soup, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking personally. Um, so, you know, but the, the metals certainly, and, and things like if you have an MRI scan or whatever, if you're actually subjected to intense electromagnetic radiation, um, you know, we know that your fillings emit more mercury, a third more in that case. Um, and yes, if you use your mobile phone, that you know promotes more mercury vapor release and all the rest of it. So, 
Yes, I mean, I, I live in the countryside, but I venture into London occasionally, and I'm, I'm just appalled and horrified by the fact that people just obviously have no idea. You know, they're on their phones 50% of the time, it seems. They've got them in their hands or in their pockets all the time, mm -hmm. and, you know, no, yes, no awareness of safety or that there might be a, a hazard um, because they've not been told about it, you know, and it's been denied. But... Um, I don't have Wi-Fi, or I do have a Wi-Fi router, but I turn it off. I don't have a, I have a mobile phone, but I only use it if I'm meeting somebody, you know, and that's mm -hmm. something I'm very aware of. I just had, um, I actually posted a video about it, but I had my house surveyed for EMF and, um, you know, it took the uh, measures they suggested to rectify. Um, so there are things you can do, but yes, I don't know what the smart meter program is like in Canada, but, you know, they're, they're, I think they're, they're going to start rolling it out here next year. Yeah, there was one uh, one German individual who um, I corresponded with, uh, and he's involved in a in a I guess a, uh, a his own program in in Germany of of um, suggesting to hydro companies that uh, electric companies that they get rid of their smart meters, and he has one approach that has proved to be very successful. He he takes a sledgehammer to. Um, his uh, his smart meter and says, "My goodness, somebody destroyed it. Better come yeah. and replace it with something." And I, it's a, a rather um, you know revolutionary way of dealing with a problem, but it, it does get fixed uh, in that way. Well, now, apparently, if you do that three times, they won't bother replacing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you, you try all kinds of things. Um, this for. Just a second here. I, there's a lot of, uh, of our listeners out there, be, be they mothers or fathers, new mothers or, or fathers, uh, new parents. Uh, they've got children either, you know, very, very young or on the way. Uh, what advice would you have for them in their first little foray uh, once the, the child um, begins to enter the, uh, the realm of visiting a dentist? Where, where would they go? What should they do? Uh, what should they look for? Right. Well, I think a lot of this is about taking things into your own hands. Don't expect a dentist to fix the problems. You, you've got to do it. And that starts with the mother's breastfeeding. That is so important because the actual action of suckling as opposed to sucking on a bottle, which the suckling actually spreads the, the jaws and um, promotes proper development of the temporomandibular joint, whereas sucking on a bottle actually they suck the cheeks in and, and that collapses the arch and this is why we've got this huge problem with kids you know the vast majority of kids needing braces when they're, they're older so you're saying that hang on a second now you're saying that the act i never realized this that the act of of, of, of sucking on 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 a, a nipple from a bottle is different from a mother's breast is that you're saying yes suckling on mm -hmm. a on a nipple the, the child works the tongue against the palate, mm -hmm. and that spreads the jaws. It's all a beautifully designed, you know, cohesive system, and we, ha we interfere with it at our peril. If you give a child a, a teat on a bottle, they suck the cheeks in, and that collapses I the see. dental arch. And so this is why, as I say, you need orthodontics. This is why our jaws aren't developing, and we're, you know, many people need their wisdom teeth out, etc., when they're older. Facial development, most of it happens in the first year of life. That, that's when, because the baby is born with you know, quite a big brain uh, relatively, but their face is quite underdeveloped, and a lot of that growth happens in the first year of life, and 90% and of it's done by the time they're six, actually. So all that early care is really important. Um, I would say what you wean the child onto is terribly important. What you feed the child is terribly important. What you want to do not that you shouldn't take your child to the dentist, but when you take your child to the dentist, they shouldn't need anything doing, but that's down to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been misinformed about what a, quote, healthy diet is. 
I would say you want to have a um, nutrient-dense diet. So don't give your child processed foods. Don't give them sugar. Don't give them, you know, refined stuff. You need, don't give them cereal and toast for breakfast. Give them scrambled eggs or bacon and eggs. Uh, they need the actual, the, they need the vitamins in the, the, the animal fats. Um, this was one of the main findings of Western Price's work. Um, you know, so what we think of as a normal diet, again, this word normal, mm-hmm. you know, which the doctors always say, oh, just eat normally. Well, you know, that's what made you sick in the first place, you know. So when you really get that, you, you may be motivated to, to make the changes. But um, eat the advice is an ancestral diet, stuff your, you know, great-great-grandparents would recognize and, and eat. Mm-hmm. So eat from nature's table. That's the thing, because those are vital foods. Try and eat in season. Um, and as I say, don't be scared of animal fats, quite the reverse. Um, mm. it, include butter, yellow butters in your diet, include raw milk if you can get hold of it, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've run into um, a couple of situations of, of um, female friends of mine uh, and acquaintances that have uh, had different types of thyroid, di- thyroid difficulties in terms of you know, weight gaining, uh, memory mm. loss, sleep issues. Uh, Different glandular problems. How relative or related to to that might might the um, the, the dental issues that we're talking about, or, or is there a relationship at all? I I think there's a very strong relationship. Um, the mercury accumulates in the endocrine glands. Um, firstly, I think because they're just very dynamic mm-hmm. um, organs. Secondly, because they have lots of receptors for essential minerals such as selenium and zinc and that sort of thing, which um, can attract. Um, mercury which then binds also just because of their um, geographical if you like position so that all the uh, uh, circulation and the lymphatics from the mouth are actually intercommunicating with that in in the thyroid Um, mercury is a heavy metal and it's called that for a reason because it's 13 and a half times heavier than water so it sinks in body compartments so it sinks into the lower jaw for instance Um, so Yes, I think very much that um, amalgam fillings are a big part of um, the disabling thyroid function. And also, I would say, going back to our earlier topic, but Wi-Fi and things like that, because once the metals are in the in the organ, then you know it's being um, you get all kinds of free radical damage and things in the, mm-hmm. when it's exposed to, to uh, electromagnetic fields. Um, so I think that's a big part. And I also think diet is a big part as well. I think it may be a bit more dynamic than we think. But, you know, I think you do have to eat fats and animal products and organs. This is organ meats. This is what Western Price found. Um, and for thyroid, it's no soy, no beans, um, no nuts, no seeds, really, and no cruciferous vegetables. So that's... Um, cabbage and cauliflower and sprouts mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, they're all what are called goitrogens, which are known to destroy um, thyroid function. And the other uh, cause as well, I should just add, is that mercury attaches to what's called the histocompatibility complex on the, on the um, cell wall. Um, and what that does is it's a bit like a barcode and it changes the barcode and then the body um, recognizes, doesn't recognize the thyroid as self, it recognizes it as non-self. And that's when you get autoimmune problems, so things like Hashimoto thyroiditis, where the body attacks um, the thyroid, believing it to be foreign tissue. So I think it's all very tied in, and and I have a thyroid um, problem myself. What were the vegetables you said that should be avoided? 
for people with thyroid issues mm -hmm. um, soy products um, I don't like soy products anyway mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should be eating them but particularly if you've got um, a thyroid problem the cruciferous vegetable family so and that's cabbages cauliflowers and um, Brussels sprouts that sort of thing um, that, that there's a more extensive list you'll have to look that course, one up yeah. um, nuts and seeds and beans and pulses so um, you know kidney beans and chickpeas and that sort of thing wow. um, and just generally you need to nourish your thyroid as well a lot of us are mineral deficient so a lot of people uh, aren't getting uh, sufficient iodine for instance um, and that, that ties in, iodine is actually a halogen that's essential to um, thyroid function, right. but using fluoride and chlor, you know, fluoride toothpaste, putting fluoride in the water, putting chlorine in the water, those are more reactive halogens and they displace iodine. Yeah. Um, so you need to you know, filter your water and use fluoride free toothpaste and all that sort of thing as well. So it's, you, know, you need to attack it from several um, you know, aspects, really. Sounds like a full-time job. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, it's your health on the line and not having to take yeah. drugs for the rest of your life. And yeah. I mean, there's no comparison between, you know, taking exogenous uh, hormones and right. having your own system work properly. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Doctor, uh, for, for joining us this evening. Once again, your, your website, www.org mouthbodydoctor.com please have a look at it I'm looking at it right now and it's sort of a fitting way to end um, and you can comment if you wish briefly uh, Albert Einstein said only two things are infinite the universe and the hum and human stupidity and then he goes on to say I'm not so sure about the former and uh, it's kind of a good thing to understand about our, our human condition isn't it yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrong he wasn't wrong for sure <laughs> In any case, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, perhaps we can continue this conversation. There's a lot of other things uh, that we can talk about around this issue, but I do want to thank you for this evening. It's been a joy having you with us, and we'll talk to you again soon again. Oh, thank you, Victor. Okay, now. Well, that would be about it, folks, for this evening. Um, on behalf of Richard here at The Conspiracy Show, I want to thank you for listening. It has been a pleasure uh, being in the big chair this evening, and I, w I do want to thank Richard uh, for that opportunity and wish him well in his upcoming uh, TV programs uh, on, on Vision TV. And we hope to join you soon again. Be sure to listen in to Richard Serrett next Sunday uh, at, uh, at the same time and the same station, as they say in the vernacular. Once again, you're listening to Conspiracy Show. My name is Victor Vigiani. Good night. <laughs>